morning, everyone. Just a couple of things before, uh, I want to say a couple of prayers before we uh, get started. We do want to keep, um, first of all, Michelle and Ryan and JJ, you guys came in at a last minute because Nick, our worship leader, Nick, got sick. He fell ill, you know, last minute. And these guys stepped up really fast. I mean, <laughs> like within a matter of two days. So thank you guys. Really appreciate your, you know. And so <coughs> we do want to keep Nick in prayer. He's home resting. I know I, I texted him before. He's probably watching. We also want to keep Alan. He had hip replacement surgery last a couple days ago. He's resting. I think he was successful. So, um, uh, and Nick usually is up there, and Alan's over there, and now they're both at home <laughs> doing what they do. And so we want to pray for them. Continue to pray for Tom, of course. Um, and um, we want to pray for uh, for Sandy. Um, I can just uh, pray for you as far as um, needing a doctor appointment and all. And uh, and so let me just pray. And normally we have people come up, but today we're gonna I'm gonna get into the word sooner because I have I always have a lot to share on the word. But <laughs> so let's pray. Father, thank you that first of all we give you praise, Lord, that our 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 dear sister Nally is back here, Lord, and. Lord, we, we missed her dearly, and we are so grateful to you, Lord, that you were so merciful to, to keep her around, Lord, because I know she has a whole lot more work to do, Lord, and we're so grateful that, that she's home. And we pray, God, for, for as she continues to sort of get stronger and stronger, Lord, you would continue to strengthen her faith. And and we do pray that you would bless uh, she and Daniel. And, and if there's um, anything we can say, Lord, is that we love one another because we dearly, as a church, Lord, we, we, we dearly love uh, people. We love each other. And, and we're just grateful to, uh, to you, Lord. Thank you for your presence here. And uh, we do uh, pray for our, our, our worship leader, Nick, dear brother, just a wonderful man. Would you minister to him, Lord, and give him healing as well and rest? Uh, we pray for Alan. Uh, we thank you that the surgery was successful, and we pray just for healing and strength, as I know that takes some time to uh, to walk, and we're just thankful, Lord, that um, that you are with him right now, with my mom as well. Pray for Tom Combs, that you would um, just continue, Lord, to minister to him as well, healing, and and if there's anyone here that has unspoken, we pray for those. We pray for also for our sister Sandy. Uh, thank you, Lord, that uh, that you are so gracious to uh, to her, and just that you would lead her in this medical issue she has. And and Lord, um, I pray your blessing on our time in your Word. As you told Jeremiah, I will put my words in your mouth. And Lord, I pray that uh, that these would be your words, not mine. We honor your Word. We love your Word, and we trust. Uh, you'll speak, and we ask that the Holy Spirit would uh, would lead this time, and that Christ would be exalted, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles, <coughs> open up to the book of James, and if you don't have a Bible, we have extra Bibles in the back, uh, back there, and you're welcome to borrow one. We're going through, uh, we, are, we are studying this wonderful letter, but wonderful practical letter of James and uh, I don't know about you. James is kind of uh, he's kind of he gets real, right? He gets really, really real. <laughs> How many guys is your favorite book of the Bible? Is James? <coughs> All you prophets out there. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. Um, I think mine's John. <laughs> Not because it's my name, but because. Um, and thank you, Natalie, for sharing that wonderful poem, and thank you for, for being real and vulnerable and for your prayers as well. James chapter 3, <coughs> we're going to look at verses 13 to 18, and sort of, we're kind of in the middle of this chapter. And if you remember, James is he's the half-brother of Jesus, and when James was, uh, was around, when Jesus was alive before the death and re resurrection was... Uh, he didn't believe his brother didn't, he didn't believe his brother was the Messiah. Uh, you know he was but after the resurrection, Paul indicates that he appeared to James, and James will become, becomes like a pillar in the church. He's an early leader, 
And, uh, and a lot of what James teaches is from his brother's teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. A lot of the Sermon on the Mount is in James. And also James gets a lot from wisdom literature, the book of Proverbs especially. Um, in the Old Testament, uh, he relies a lot on those sections of the Bible, um, especially Proverbs and especially the Sermon on the Mount. And James, of course, is dealing with addressing a people, a group of believers that are going through trials and, of course, he is trying to encourage them. And, of course, he opens up the, the, uh, the first chapter with, um, count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. All of us will go through trials, right? And, and it's hard to, to be joyful sometimes, you know? But he says, you know, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let that endurance have its perfect result or that, uh, that result that makes you mature. Perfect is the word for mature, uh, that's the, 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 the things that we want to avoid, God uses to mature us, right? We all want to avoid trouble and trials, right? <laughs> and where's that button? I can press the stop. The, but God uses that to shape us and to mature us and to grow us, you know? And so, um, and so he's encouraging them. And of course, he's just got finished talking about how to use our mouth, right? Uh, in, in the beginning of chapter three, he says, don't let many of you become teachers, you know? Uh, and we talked about that, you know. Uh, but then he transitioned to not just teachers, but everyone, because using the mouth can have great potential for good, right? Uh, he says, if, if anyone is able to bridle his mouth, his tongue, he's a perfect man. <laughs> if you can control your tongue, what you say, that's a key to maturity, right? He says, there's some positive things that can happen with, with your speech, uh, uh, we, can, we, can, we can direct the course of our life. He says, we put bits into the horse's mouth to direct them, right? Uh, we put rudders on ships, little rudders in comparison to a big ship that can direct the whole ship. And he says, you know, your mouth, how you, what you say, your tongue, can direct your life, right? The course of your life, so to speak, what you say, those words. But those words, of course, reveal what's, what's in your heart. And then, he's, and then we took that last time, um, in verse 5b, he says, see how great a forest is set aflame by your tongue? Uh, there's danger here because sometimes you guys know that our mouths can get us in trouble. <laughs> and just as a little spark can set a, a dry forest, instant flame. And, and fire seems to spread. It multiplies, right? Um, and so you can get into a lot of trouble but with your words. And he says, hold tight reins on that tongue, right? Uh, be really careful what you say because you can cause great damage by your words. Uh, some of us have been, have been injured by words, haven't we? A lot of us, you know, those words that we hear, sometimes words uh, uh, feed a, a, a thirsty soul. You know, God, the word of God does, amen? You know, I remember, um, this is not part of my sermon, but I remember I was reading through the Gospel of John. I was telling with the students, we're going through this Gospel of John with the students, um, and uh, I was reading through the Gospel of John, and I felt, I think God made me born again. I just felt like my soul being, you know, like the flower, you know, that finally gets water, and it kind of just opens up, you know? I, I felt that in my soul as I'm reading the Gospel, the Word, that's what the Word of God does, doesn't it? You know? Um, but James says, you know, that with it, we, we bless people and we curse people out of the same mouth. We, 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 we can pray blessings and joyful things to the Lord, one minute, and then lash out at somebody the next minute. And he says, this thing's ought not to be, right? We looked at that last week. Um, and he says in verse 11, does a fountain send out both from the, same mo- from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? No, it should not, right? But our mouths do that. So here's what he's going to do here. This is, uh, uh, as he gets to the end, the la- end of uh, chapter 3, He's going to introduce this concept of, of, of wisdom. And, and when, I'm, when you're reading your Bible, you always got to ask, why is this here? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a, a stickler for context, okay? Like, 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 why is this in this part of the story, okay? And I, I struggle with this section, I'll, t- I'll be honest. I'm like, why is this here? So let's read it, and I'll explain it, and then we'll have uh, some application. I, there's a lot to share. So then James says, verse 13, who among you is wise <coughs> and understanding? Um, and let me just read the verses. I'll come back and explain it. Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and 
selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not, is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, demonic, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Okay, so he's going to talk about wisdom. And there's, there's two kinds of wisdom, worldly wisdom and you know, human wisdom and divine wisdom, right? Godly wisdom and worldly wisdom. He's going to time contrast those two things, right? The next section, chapter 4, he's going to address people who are quarreling. What's the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? So let's watch this. He just got through telling you at the end of the section before, the mouth can be used for bad things, can cause trouble by what you say. Then he's got wisdom. Then he says, what's the source of quarrels among you? Here's what James is doing. He says, wisdom in relationships is key. You're going to need wisdom on how you talk to people, and you're going to need wisdom on how you treat people. And so I got to tell you, I got to tell you, explain what that is and the difference. Because all of us are in relationship with, with people, right? I mean, we're all, you're all here, right? Um, so when he says, who among you, go back to verse 13, who among you is wise and understand? The, the word wisdom there is the word sophos. Uh, in, in Hebrew, it's, it's hakma. Uh, and wisdom, of course, if you go to the Old Testament, there's, there's several books that are called wisdom literature. You have Job is part of the wisdom literature. You know, Job is asking, <laughs> I'm suffering, God, but why? <laughs> you know, why am I suffering? And his friends are like, well, you're suffering because you sin, Job. And he's like, well, point it out. Not realizing that God is actually displaying Job's faith. Um, you also have, of course, the book of Proverbs, which is full, it's basically the epitome of wisdom literature. Uh, and, and wisdom in, in, um, in Proverbs, and then there's wisdom in Ecclesiastes. Now, Ecclesiastes is human wisdom. Ecclesiastes is written pr- from the perspective of observation from the human standpoint, right? And we'll get to that. We'll, maybe we'll get into it today. Um, and then, of course, you have Song of Solomon. Right? So those are wisdom ones. But, but in, the, in, Pro- in Proverbs, if you read Proverbs... Wisdom is, is encouraged throughout the book. Now, what is wisdom? Wisdom is, isn't just knowledge, right? Um, it, it's, wisdom is the application of knowledge. Wisdom is, uh, the, the Greek word here in James, it's a, a way of being skillful and experienced in, in a certain you know, craft or way of life. Um, it is, it is having an effectual way of living. It's, it's, it's navigating those waters of relationships. So, so in context of James, he's talking about not all kinds of wisdom, like how to invest your money, because Proverbs talks about all kinds of wisdom, right? How to, you know. But he's talking about wisdom within relationships. How you talk to people, how you treat people, right? Now, who doesn't need wisdom in relationships? Raise your hand. Put your hand down. Because <laughs> if you're married, <laughs> you need wisdom in relationship, right? Let's just be honest. Let's, those of us who are married, or we're married, or we're different. It's okay to say the men and women are different. And husband and wives? How many of you guys are the, are, are, we know your, your wife is hard to figure out. And that's the way God created, God created your wife different and created your husband. So there's always a tension of how do I live with my wife in understanding way or how do I relate to this person? Let's say it's not, let's say it's siblings or friendships. We're different people. And so wisdom is how to navigate those waters. I remember we were on a boat one time on vacation <clears throat> and we were going through some, you know, like the, 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 the better, the bigger, the, there was a big boat and they had the, the, the fancy GPS thing for water. You know, like that tells you, you know how deep the water is, and 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 so and then and of course it has they they tell you like 
they direct you, go, don't go through the trail this way because here's where the water's the deepest, you know? You know that's what wisdom is. It's like the GPS of life. Um, and he says, so James says, who among you is wise in understanding? And if you read the book of Proverbs, there's, that, there's the pairing of wisdom and understanding um, go hand in hand. And in fact, um, it's also throughout the Old Testament. Like Deuteronomy uh, uh, 1 says, choose wise and discerning men. Um, and throughout, throughout the book of Proverbs, there's those pairing of being an expert. Wisdom isn't just knowing what's good. It's knowing how to do what's good. Right? You can't, I mean, you can take a college course in wisdom, but you won't be wise, right? You can read a book on wisdom, but that doesn't make you wise. It's, it's the actual practice of it, right? I think it's interesting that <clears throat> Scripture talks, as I'm thinking about this, even Jesus grew in wisdom and maturity, right? Um, that's why we, we, those of you guys who are young, you guys can learn from the, some of us who are gray-headed, right? Or almost, or colored our hair-headed, right? Because we've walked through life. Kids, your mom and dad know what they're talking about because they've, they've walked the life, right? And when they sit you down, they say, let me instruct you. I'm trying to keep you from the pain that I experienced, right? The mistakes I did, I'm trying to keep you from. In fact, the book of Proverbs, actually, it's, it starts off with, with, the, the, um, with a father, say it's David, instructing Solomon, or Solomon instructing his son, saying, here's the way of wisdom. Listen to my teachings. In fact, go to Proverbs 1. Let's just do that. How is that? You know, how's that? We got the Bible, and... So, like, Proverbs 1, um, I just, you know, just... I mean, there's so many scriptures I can point out. Um, this is the very first verses. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. And he gives you like sort of like the summary thing of the whole book. Here's the intention of this book. Here's my intention of, of what I'm going to tell you so that you know wisdom and instruction. That's the same thing as wisdom and understanding that James is talking about. To discern the sayings of, the, of, of, uh, of understanding to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity. Uh, to uh, Verse 5, a, a wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire counsel. Um, and throughout, throughout the book of Proverbs, you have this picture of wisdom or this invitation of wisdom to say, come to know me, right? Like, seek me out. Go, go to chapter 2, uh, Proverbs 2. In verse 2, he says, Make your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your heart to understanding. And I will go through, I mean, we can spend a whole long time. Getting, the, the point is, there's this invitation to wisdom. And so go back to James. <clears throat> so wisdom is this navigation, this, this proper application of life, of, of not just something you learn in your head, but something you know how to do in life. And it has to do with the relation, how to live in relationships in a God-honoring way, in a wise way. And James is going to give us that there's two types of wisdom he's going to teach. And, and this isn't just like, like an overall arching ethereal idea. It happens in everyday life. And I'll, I'll, I'll illustrate it for you in a, when we get to it because um, um, it has to do with, with, with dealing with people who are different, with talking to them wisely and treating them wisely, Right? Wisdom knows the good and knows how to do the good. It's not just head knowledge. It's not something you just learn in a book. It's something you practice. Now, why do we need wisdom? <clears throat> why do we need wisdom? Because life is full of difficult decisions, aren't they, right? Life is full of choices to make, you know? And there are choices you make that can take you on different paths, um, I was, we were sh- sitting out with my daughter, Alyssa, the other day, and, and I w- we were sharing our lives, you know, how Sharon and I met. And um, to be honest, if you read uh, Luke 15, the prodigal son story, I was the prodigal son, you know. And so I, 
those were choices I made, right? And thank the Lord, he was gracious to, to bring me back. And I'm trying to sit and say, Lisa, <laughs> you have a lot of me in you, right? <laughs> and I'm trying to keep you from making bad choices. You need wisdom. Let me instill wisdom to you. Uh, life is full of difficult decisions, De- decisions that have ramifications, right? Um, choices that we make that really do matter. And so um, that's why wisdom is very valuable. How many of you guys want, think that wisdom is valuable? I mean, if you've, if you've gone like the prodigal son bit, <laughs> you know, I wish I would have listened, right? Proverbs 3.13 says, How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding, for her profit is better than the profit of silver and her gain better than fine gold. Wisdom is very valuable. My prayer when the kids were younger, when Alyssa was a baby, my prayer for her was that God would give her wisdom beyond her years. Maybe this, maybe how God does that is His method. My prayer for Joshua was God would make him bring joy to our lives, you know, and He does. And uh, Proverbs eight eleven talking about the valuable wisdom. It says that wisdom is better than jewels. And all her desirable things cannot compare with her. It, um, so wisdom is valuable. It's to be sought. If it's valuable, it's to be sought. And this, the proverb says, here's how, here's how you do it. First of all, you fear God. What does that mean to fear God? To be afraid? Well, the word is yare. It means to be afraid, actually. But it, ha- it has such a reverence for, for, for God that you consider his will against your will, right? That you honor him above everyone else. So James says, go back to James. Are you guys back in James or are you stuck in Proverbs here? Are you guys tracking with me or am I, have I lost you? Okay. Because I feel like I have so much to share <laughs> that I'm trying to be delicate and I always share it, you know? Because I realize that well, this is God's word. So he says, who among you is wise and understanding? Um, who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. Now, James has talked about revealing or showing your faith. In other words, you, you say you have faith, but show me Right? Faith without works is dead, basically. Um, James says, if you're wise, it will exhibit itself through your life. And one of the keys is there will be humility in your life. Okay? He says, he says um, wisdom is, he says, let him show, uh, that means to, to make clear, it's the Greek word dikaimi, uh, uh, means to prove or to make clear by evidence, to explain or demonstrate uh, the same idea from uh, James 2.18, show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. Uh, it is demonstrated in the life, in the quality of life. And he says that godly wisdom, if you truly have wisdom, it will be beautiful, it will be attractive. Look what he says in verse uh, verse 13, by his good behaviors, the, 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 uh, the idea for good there is the word, it's the word uh, kalos, it means to be attractive, to be beautiful. It'll be something attractive. I want what that, that person's wise. And they have a way of living in such a way that is attractive. Um, it's the same word and idea that is used in First Peter um, I'll just read it to you. Chapter 2, verse 12 says, Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the visitation. And then chapter 3, verse 16 says, And keep a good conscience, so that in the thing in which they are, you are slandered, those who revile you 
your good behavior in Christ will put, be put, will put them to shame. In other words, they'll see how you're living and they'll say, oh, this is different. Wisdom is shown in, in this gentleness. Look there at verse, uh, verse 13, the end of the gentleness of wisdom, or it's also the humility of wisdom. The word gentleness there is uh, proutes. It means to act in a mild temper way. And the word means this. It means to not be overly impressed with your self-importance. That's what a hum- humble and gentle, humility and gentleness means, to not even be impressed with your own self-importance. You know, the prideful person says, hey, I'm here, right? <laughs> you know, pay attention. That's a prideful person. It's all about themselves. A humble person is not even thinking about themselves, right? They're, they're, they're considerate. And, and a humble person, or, or it's also a meek person, is not weak. Right? They're, not, they're not what Jesus was humble. In fact, he says, uh, uh, take my yoke of me, right? Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest, right? Take my yoke upon uh, and you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Jesus Christ, the most powerful person in all creation, all, well, all existence, because he's God, is also very humble, right? And he says, blessed are you those who are gentle, for you shall inherit the earth. Um, Let me let me do this. Let me do this because um, so James is. I want to I want to contrast what James is doing is he's contrasting between worldly and godly godly wisdom, right? And so he takes the the worldly wisdom. I'm going to point this out, and then I'm going to show you the contrast. Uh, he said. If you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't be arrogant and like. If you, if you, have, if you claim to be wise, but you're, you have bitterness, you're lying. You're fooling yourself. If you live a, a, live a life of, of, of bitterness or, or jealousy or selfish ambition, um, in, the, in the church, um, the the. The, the, the one thing that has the greatest value in my mind is humility. That, that, that's because the, because the humble person is not looking to, to promote himself. Right? Um, and there's, there's a worldly way of doing wisdom. If you read the book of Ecclesiastes, he's, he, uh, he, he goes and he says, I sought to gain wisdom, but I, he, he does it by man-made methods. He says, I sought to, to, get, to find all the pleasurable things in life. I got rich, I got women, I got stuff, I, got, I, did, I built things, I accomplished things. And at the end of the day, it was all meaningless, he says. Um, this wisdom, uh, he says in uh, verse... 15, is not that which comes from above, but it's earthly, demonic, or natural and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in everything. How do you know when you are acting unwisely, there's division? Right? I mean, we s- spouses, when you guys get into a little tiff, you know, and then you say something, you do something that causes more division, you're on the natural side of things, right? The result, the fruit of worldly wisdom is division. The result of godly wisdom is peace. Does that make sense? Um, he contrasts them. And I, I, you know, let me do this because I wanna, let me just, let me just point this out, okay? Godly wisdom is attractive. Worldly wisdom is ugly and a turnoff. We're talking about relationships. People who live by worldly wisdom are into themselves. 
It's all, that, that it's all about what's best for them. Um, godly wisdom is, is born of God. It's, God. it's God-given. Natural wisdom, worldly wisdom, is man-made. It only can get so, so high. You see, in the world, they're impressed with, with guys who are full of themselves and confident and braggadocious, aren't they? No one votes for the guy who's humble, right? They vote for, you, everyone votes for the guy who's promising the world and is arrogant and full of themselves, right? The guy who's humble barely gets anything. He's not recognized because he doesn't promote himself. He's not strong. He's weak in the world's eyes. Godly wisdom says, look what God has done, right? Worldly wisdom says, look what I have done. So you, how do you know if I'm walking in, in godly wisdom? I, you can praise the Lord. Well, you say, wow, the Lord's been gracious. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Worldly wisdom says, well, look, at, look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. See the difference? Godly wisdom, somebody who walks in godly wisdom celebrates your success, right? They're like, oh, that's so wonderful. Worldly wisdom gets jealous and angry at your success, right? And there's, James says, if there's bitterness and jealousy, that word bitter there means to be sharp. Prickly is what it, what it really means. And, and jealous has the idea of zeal, which can be a good zeal, like zeal for the Lord, right? Jesus is zealous for uh, the honor of his father when he drives out the money changers. But then zeal can be also a bad thing when it's self-centered, man-centered. So godly, a godly person, a godly wise person celebrates their success and a worldly uh, wisdom is jealous and angry and bitter. They're jealous because of what you have. Come on, let's just think. You're a young, young mother, a young, you're actually a young lady who wants to be a mother and then this other sister gets child and you're jealous of her. Or you're, you're, you're a young guy and you see the success of your neighbor and you're jealous of him. That's worldly wisdom. Godly wisdom says your needs above mine. James says that um, the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable and gentle. The idea for pure there is unmixed. There isn't this ulterior motive, right? Because it has been cleansed by the mercy of God. The one who has godly wisdom has started out as the one who's poor in spirit and say, Lord, I am bankrupt because of my sin. And God has purified their heart. Godly wisdom says your needs above mine. Worldly wisdom says my needs above yours. You're not giving me what I want. We're having our time in this marriage because you're not meeting my needs. I mean, you guys have said that before. Yeah, that's worldly wisdom. Now, granted, in relationship, you want you, there's in a marriage, but but that sort of bent, that tone, that sort of tone. Rather than, honey, I, I'm really, I need, I'm lacking something here. And, you know, the way you approach it. Well, and usually what happens is the couples come and they, they stake their claim to what they want, right? Worldly wisdom says, meet my needs. Godly wisdom says, how can I serve you better? How can I serve you better? Worldly wisdom says, you need to serve me. James says, where there's bitter jealousy and selfish ambition, serve me. In fact, the, word, the, idea, for that, that, um, the idea for the selfish ambition actually goes back to the classic Greek word where it talks about how politicians using people to get ahead. 
right? I think it was Aristotle who used that, that idea there. Um, so godly wisdom says, how can I serve you better? And worldly wisdom says, you need to serve me. You're not serving me be- at best. Godly wisdom seeks to be loving and kind and gracious even to those who disagree with them. That's why James says, but the wisdom from above, verse 17, is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle and reasonable. Let me explain a couple of these words here. Uh, The word for um, peaceable, of course, is the idea of being whole and harmonious. Um, Blessed are the peacemakers, right? And the idea for gentle is the word uh, epicase. It means to be kind and tolerant yielding, courteous, not combative, right? But yielding. Uh, uh, um, Paul tells Timothy to, to, be, uh, to malign no one, but, or uh, that's, yeah, that's to Titus, but to, uh, to be gentle, showing uh, every consideration to every man. That's what, that's what Paul tells, t- t- tells both Titus and Timothy as well, right? Um, 2 Timothy 2 says that the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, be able to teach, patient when wrong, with gentleness correcting those, correcting those who are in opposition. But the gentle person, and the, godly, the person who shows godly wisdom, is okay being in the same room with the person who doesn't agree with them. You're a Democrat. What are you doing in here? Right? That kind of idea. A gentle person is gracious to everyone, even to those who disagree or those who are difficult. Now, it takes great wisdom. Remember, it says this is all God's source. It comes from above. Godly wisdom comes from above. James says that the, that the wisdom from above, verse 17, is God-given. So it's not something you generate within yourself. It's given by God. <laughs> Praise the Lord, right? Because I don't know about you, I am not one who's able to generate godly wisdom on my own. That's where Jesus is needed. So godly wisdom is loving, kind, and gracious to those who disagree with them. Worldly wisdom can't stand, can't stand to be in the same room with those who disagree with them. Godly wisdom says, will it honor God? At the forefront of godly wisdom is the honoring of God. That's why the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Will what I do and say honor God? Now, it doesn't mean we're always perfect because the godly wisdom God says, I want to serve you better. I made a mistake here. Help me to understand how I can do it better. It's teachable, right? In fact, uh, the, the word here for um, reasonable uh, in verse uh, 17, it's gentle, it's reasonable. It's the word that, that means to be persuadable or willing to listen to, uh, to you know, uh, it's not always a know-it-all, basically, right? It's willing to listen and be persuaded. They're pliable, right? And so a humble person and a gentle, godly person wants to honor God and they realize they make, they'll, if they make mistakes and it's pointed out, they'll say, you know, you're right. I want to grow in that. Now, sometimes there's a part of you that says, no, I'm, no. But as God works on working humility, it's, it's becoming teachable. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not pastoring this church because I'm the greatest speaker or the greatest shepherd on the planet Earth. In fact, God says, you are weak. And I recognize my weaknesses, right? I recognize my inability. I'm like, Lord, then all the more I need your strength. I need your wisdom. When I go home and I pray on my knees, I'm not telling God my wise ideas. I'm saying, God, I need your wisdom. These are your sheep. Lead me as my shepherd, Jesus, so I can lead your people, right? And that means... I mean, if you're a parent, Lord, give me wisdom on how to, how to treat my husband or how to re- relate to my kids or, right? 
Godly wisdom says, will it honor God? It views God as supreme, his glory. Worldly wisdom says, will this please me? It views man as supreme. That's why, you know, James says, there's the contrast. One between the selfish ambition, right, that's, that is arrogant, and the wisdom from above that is pure, has pure motives, will this honor God? Godly wisdom seeks to honor, fear, and obey and glorify God. Worldly wisdom says, do what feels good. Do it your way. Look out for number one. That's the world's religion in a nutshell. I did it my way. Do what feels good. Look out for number one. Right? And that comes natural, as James says. That's natural, and it's also demonic. Jesus says, I'm going to the cross. Peter says, you're not going to go to the cross. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Why? Because you're putting your interest on man's interest, not on God's. You're living by worldly wisdom, not godly wisdom. That's why Paul says that be like Jesus, to be considerate, right? Uh, he says in uh, Philippians, it was a Philippians 2, um, you guys know the verse, right? He says, uh, well, I'll just, turn to, I'll just turn to my Bible. Sometimes notes helps and sometimes they don't help. <laughs> Are you guys tracking? Am I speaking to the choir or am I, I'm preaching to myself. Because I'm, as I'm, you know, listen, when I, when I study, I'm like, Lord, teach me first because I need to hear this. And I, I haven't been, um, Yeah, he says in, in Philippians, he says, you know, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any consolation of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, uh, he says the maintaining the same love, being united in the Spirit, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. There it is, Philippians 2, 3. But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important to yourself. That's godly wisdom. And then he says, Jesus exemplified that when he came down and became a man and he basically died on the cross. That's humility. That's godly wisdom, right? Um, so godly wisdom seeks to honor God and worldly wisdom seeks to do it my way. My way. Do it what good is convenient or good for me. Godly wisdom leads to peaceful and righteous relationships. That's James's point here. Is that in the context of relationship, if you follow godly wisdom, look at what he says here. Look at verse 18. He says, The seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. It leads to to peaceful relationships, godly wisdom, to right relationships, righteous relationships. But worldly wisdom, on the contrary, leads to disorder. Look at what he says here, verse 16. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder um, and division, right? And every evil thing. when you're at odds with somebody it could be because there's worldly wisdom coming in godly wisdom is known by its gentleness and worldly wisdom is known by its harshness and godly wisdom begins by recognizing your own lack of it and your need for it just just by recognizing you lack wisdom is the beginning of wisdom, <laughs> right? Just by recognizing you don't have the wisdom. That's why, you know, King Solomon, when he's a young boy and he's selected a king, and first God says, hey, ask me anything you want. And he says, you know, uh, I'm going to lead your people and I'm going to need wisdom in doing that. And God says, 
Right answer, ding, 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 ding. and you also get <laughs> all the things you didn't ask for, the riches in the world, the fame, but because you understood you need wisdom, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you the wisest man ever, you know, and bless you with all the material stuff too. He says, I don't have wisdom. I don't know what I'm doing. And most guys who act like they know what they're doing, they're faking it. Right? I'll just be real. Some of these, some of these guys who go up there and they just tell you, they are faking it. They're scared to death. Because at the end of the day, there's only one Lord and Savior, that's Jesus Christ. Amen? There's only one true shepherd, and that's Jesus. <laughs> there's only one Lord, and that's Christ. Do you recognize your lack of wisdom? Maybe, or you just say, I got it figured out. I remember when I was probably a 13, 14, 15-year-old kid. I thought I knew it all. How many of you guys were like that when you were young? Remember that? <laughs> you became a teenager, you're still like, figure it out. You haven't, paid a, you haven't figured out how to pay a bill, <laughs> right? You don't even know what bills look or sound like. You don't even know what that, what, you haven't figured out. Go on, right? Set up your own bank account. Set up your own electric bill account. Your own t- oh, you don't have credit. Oh, what's that? Well, I thought you were wise. You're 13 or 14 or 15 now. You know it all, right? I was there. I had it figured out. I had knowledge, but I didn't have wisdom. You want wisdom? Admit you don't have wisdom. And then seek it out. Learn. Ask questions. And talk to people who are godly and older and mature. And shut up and listen. And even to today, I still need wisdom. So guess what? I counsel with godlier men, wiser men than myself. We all need it, right? We all need to have people in speaking to our lives and, and be open and say, would you, would you help me out here? Um, if you're not seeking it, then you're a fool. And wisdom is there, is, is free, if you'll pursue it. If you'll pursue it. And it'll make the difference in your life. Give an unwise person some money, let's just say, for example, and they'll waste it. Give a wise person nothing, and he'll figure out how to make money. I'm just using money. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not... I'm talking about money, but there's a difference there. A wise person seeks after it, recognizes they don't have enough, and says, Lord, I need more. A, wise, a godly wise person is cooperative because they recognize they have, they're, they're not it, it, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ is it. Right? But they recognize a wise person is, is cooperative, a, a a worldly wise person is combative. They don't want to hear it. Don't point that out. I know it all. Right? Godly wisdom works from a pure heart with pure intentions that has been filled and sanctified and satisfied with the goodness of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Beatitudes start, and everything else flows from there. Recognizing your own deficiency in wisdom is the beginning of wisdom. Your gas tank is empty, and it needs to be filled, right? Where, where are you at? Or, if you're wise, let me learn from you. I want to learn. I want us all to learn, right? And James says, you want to know what the key to relationships, it's how you talk and how you treat people. What you need is wisdom in both areas. And seek God for it. Be teachable for it. Let's pray. Father, thank you.
for your word. Thank you that, you're, that you are wise, that your word has great wisdom. And Lord, give us a hunger to live godly, to live humbly, to live peaceably, to, to be, have teachableness, Lord. Sometimes it's humbling and maybe we feel embarrassed that we don't have wisdom in a certain area. Lord, forgive us of that pride. Lord, I just pray for every family in here, every relationship in here, for you to, to give us a hunger for relationships or for wisdom in our relationships that would be God-honoring. Help us, those of us who are husbands, Help us to have wisdom of how, how to speak to our wives and how to treat our, our wives and how to speak to our children and how to treat them. And, and those of us, maybe who don't, aren't, aren't married, but we're just trying to seek you and, 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 and become wise in our relationship with, with you and with our friends and family and, and coworkers. And Lord, give us a hunger to be wise and to to display your wisdom, God. Ultimately, Lord, we seek, Lord, to glorify you. We just thank you, Lord, for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. We're getting longer than every, every week. Come on up. Stand up. Stand up. I know. See, we were at an hour. Now we're at an hour and a half. So, I don't know. But, you know, God's good. His word. Hey, listen. I just saw... I just saw um, a video. There's a there was a um, like a, a study they did. It was published like in Christianity Today or one of those magazines. You know that, and this is good news for me, right, uh, and for you as well. The people want longer, deeper sermons, more of the word, right? Uh, I'm all about that. We're digging in. Feed my sheep, Jesus says. You know, with with what? With my word, right? And so. Um, uh, I don't know about you, but I have nowhere else to go but just to dig in. And so some weeks we'll go snorkeling, and some weeks we're going scuba diving. But either way, we'll be in the Word every time. And I'm telling you, it'll change your life. And I, I don't know about you, but um, until you get exhausted or, or perfected, right, don't go to somewhere else. Like in, in the book, there's, it's so deep, it's so rich. You, there's, there's so much. And even if you read it before, the same chapter before, you can get something new out of it. Anyway, we have so, so much fun. So, so I'm encouraged. So guess what? Hey, you know, Cardinal's lost. So, you know, that's, you know, anyway, you know. <laughs> Go Bills. <laughs> uh, um, you know, God's good. Amen. Um, so thank you, uh, Michelle and Ryan and JJ. Thank you for, uh, for leading us to worship. Really appreciate it. And praise God that Natalie's back. And we're just, we're so thankful. So um, hey, let me just uh, pronounce a blessing as we always do every Sunday uh, at the end. The Aaronic blessing that God or Moses told Aaron to pronounce uh, on the people and basically place his name on the people. He said with these words, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And that's my prayer for you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're new, sign a connect card. If you're online, say hello. And uh, we'll see everyone next week. Take care.